Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. How can a loving God send a person to hell? This is Pastor Keith Radke, joined by Pastor Steve Pearson, and you are with us today on Shouts of Grace. It's so great to have you with us. If this is your first time, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. And uh, you can listen to previous episodes at shoutsofgraceradio.com. You can also subscribe uh, through iTunes as well or your favorite podcast uh, feed. Uh, Pastor Steve, it's good to be together again today, and we are talking about a pretty loaded question. (laughs) This came from one of our listeners, how can a loving God send a person to hell? And we are not going to presume to have the conclusive answer. We are going to attempt, uh, by God's grace, to wrestle with the matter from a biblical perspective. Um, So buckle your seatbelts and uh, grab your popcorn. No, don't grab your popcorn. (laughs) But how can a loving God send a person to hell? A lot of people are asking this question, Pastor Steve, especially in a day and age where it's very popular uh, to discount the idea or the reality of a hell that you know if god yeah. is if God is love and if God just wants everybody to be saved, then surely he can just do it right yeah. surely he can just make sure that everybody goes to heaven you know yeah. and and yet there's something in us that says even that's not right yeah. it wouldn't just be right for God just to to, you know, for for murderous dictators and 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 people who commit you know terrible atrocities against other people, would God let them into mm. heaven? It, you know, and and for some who are listening, and, and and maybe you need to share this with a friend who's asking this question: Is there even a heaven? You know, do we yeah. just die and that's it? You know, I mean, so this this is kind of a it is a loaded question, but let let let's begin with this: What what does the Bible say about the reality of hell? And, and in particular, what is how does Jesus address it? Well, first of all, Keith, let me let me say this. Let let's let's answer that question, but let's ask it in a different way hmm. that doesn't assume guilt upon the character of God. Okay, let's ask it this way: um, How in the world can a loving, gracious, and holy God know what I did yesterday and not kill me today? Think about hmm. that. Because the question that's being asked is how can a loving God send someone to hell, okay, assumes, assumes um, you know, upon the character of God that somehow God is unjust and he's, and he's wicked because he would do that. And I would ask the question in a different way to put the assumption of guilt upon humanity and not God and say how in the world can a loving and gracious and holy God know everything I did yesterday and not wipe me off the face of the planet today? And we'll answer that at the end wow. of this episode. But the answer to, to, to your question, Keith, is, is Scripture kind of outlays, uh, kind, kind of outlines it this way in in john chapter 5 in verse 28 jesus said do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good 
to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And so when we talk about hell, we are talking about obviously a judgment, but a judgment for what? Okay, because let's face it, those of us that are parents understand the repercussions to actions, right? We understand the consequences to actions, and we live in our life that way. Our whole society, Keith, is built around consequences to actions. If if I go 90 in a 50, I'm getting a ticket. That's the consequence, right? Imagine for a second if we lived in a world and an existence where there were no consequences to any actions that we did. We would not be able to function, right? And so when we talk about hell, we are talking about the ultimate um, consequence for a crime against heaven, okay? And that crime, listen, is sin. It's not sins plural in the sense that, that you know, it's, it's all the stuff that I'm doing, although Scripture would indicate that there, that there is this idea of storing up Romans to wrath until the day of wrath or until the day of judgment. But when we talk about um, the consequence of sin, we are talking about something that you and I are born with, that mm. we are born into a condition, and that is a fallen condition, and the consequences of that condition is exactly as God said it would be back in the beginning that dying you would die Adam if you eat this that you would die physically and you would die spiritually and as Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 18 the soul that sins will die and so Keith when we talk about judgment and we talk about hell it is the consequence for rebellion against God and not having that sin forgiven and it's accepting the reality as Jesus said that there is good and evil Right. I mean, one of the reasons that we question the existence of hell or the fairness of hell or those things is because culturally a lot of people are no longer accepting kind of a fine line between good and evil. There is good and and we delight in that and we want that for our lives and there is evil. And regardless of how ambiguous your morals may be, you get mad when things go wrong. That's right. You know? And so Jesus just says it very clearly. There is good and there is evil. And good leads to life and evil leads to judgment. That's right. That's right. And Keith, so let me ask you a question because you're, you're a father of seven kids. Okay, let's say that you go home and 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 you tell let's say you tell your 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 middle child you know okay I do not want you to turn this television on if you turn this television on you're on restriction for the next two weeks okay and you leave and they go and they turn the television on you come back you find out they turn the TV on and then you come up to them and you say okay you know you're in restriction for the next two weeks and then that child turns to you and says that's unfair. You know, how come on, you know what, why are you sending me to restriction or to the corner? What would you say to him? Well, well, first I would say, <laughs> Steve, were you in my house today? Because that sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> the second thing is I would have to appeal to a higher law with my kid. It has something to do with teaching them the, the reality that there is good and there is evil and there's consequences and rewards for both. And A, I have to be consistent. Right. right. If I'm going to say that this is what I'm going to do, then I need to do that, and and I have to I have to impart my to my children a value that there are some things that they they have to be in place. There are some we would call them laws, right? There's some right. laws of of consequences in place, and and I think if I'm coming at this from a discipleship perspective then that now becomes an opportunity to teach my children about laws that are in place like the law of sin 
and the law of consequence because of sin mm. and the law of righteousness. And then if I'm a godly parent who's got all of my senses together, I'm going to say, <laughs> and that's where grace comes in. That's right. right. That's right. right. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is quite a lesson uh, to learn, but I think what we're trying to impart is that um, there is right and there is wrong. That's right. And there is, there is a reward for doing right and there is a consequence for doing wrong. That's right. And, and, and I, want, I want you to consider, I want our listeners to consider the absurdity of, of this notion that, that, you know, how could God send somebody to hell, right? I, I, it's, it's almost as if there's, like I said earlier, there's an accusation upon God's goodness or God's character, you know? Oftentimes, let's, let's, let's add the word that most of the world use. How could your loving God mm. send somebody to hell? Because that's, that's, that's really what they're doing. They're assuming upon the character of God. Picture the absurdity of this, and 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 I, you know, I, I dealt with this many many years ago um, when I was living in, in Southern California. They were they were completing a freeway, but at the end of the freeway, um, it, it wasn't completed. And so imagine that you're driving down this road, and, and 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 as you would get to the end of the freeway section that was completed, there was all kinds of signs like like you know th- three miles ahead, road closed. Don't don't do it. Now imagine that you're driving down this road and you just ignore the signs. And let's say that there's a sign that says this is the last off ramp and and you just blow through it and you keep going and then there's three more signs along the way that say listen cliff up ahead you know 100 feet 50 feet 10 feet and then you decide to just plow through all of them and fly off the cliff and then as you're flying off the cliff 300 feet to your death you turn up and you blame the road maker for not warning you that that that's absurd that, that, that is what we're talking about when we talk about people saying, how could a loving, guy send some, uh, loving God send somebody to hell? Here's the reality, Keith. God has given us Scripture, and Scripture is very clear as to the consequence of sin, right? I mean, God's not, not doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. But the reality is that a man will, man will reap whatever he sows. And Scripture says if he reaps, if he sows to the flesh, he will reap corruption Mm. or if he sows to the spirit he'll reap everlasting life so how i guess my question would be does a person really expect god to turn his face away when they live their whole life in rebellion to his word their whole life in rebellion to his desire for their life and they just shun god and, and everything he says and then in the end they, they, they raise the accusation against the character of God and say, how could a loving God? I would say this, the loving God didn't send you there. You sent yourself there, right? That, that, that would be my response. And listen, if anybody ends up in hell, Keith, they will have to have stepped over the body and the blood of Jesus Christ to get there. Because he has paved, he, he has laid down his life. In fact, that is what Hebrews chapter 10 is talking about. When it talks about the judgment, he says of these people that they trampled underfoot the, the blood of the covenant. When, when, when people get to a point where they don't care about the consequences of sins, they are trampling under their feet the blood of the covenant that sanctifies them and sets them apart. What else is God to do? This is hard, dude. It's way hard, this man. This is way hard. You're asking me questions I don't have an easy answer for. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad we get to wrestle this out together. And if you're listening, I hope that you're uh, wrestling this out together with us as well. 
You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. You know, we were talking before the show started about uh, some of the the uh, passages in Revelation that deal with the purpose of hell, and I think that may help us a little bit more. We ask, why would a loving God send a person to hell? Now we're dealing with some of the reasons, uh, you know, why people go to hell, but let's get some biblical clarification on the purpose of hell. We can start first in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Uh, verse 11, uh, John, who is having this vision, says, I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. Uh, Hades is another word for hell. Um, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. This now reminds us of where we started in John 5. Jesus saying there is a resurrection coming, right. and, and the good is to life, and the evil is to judgment. Uh, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So now we have confirmation of the dividing line between good and evil. And we understand from a gospel perspective that a way that a person is considered good, is considered righteous, is by placing their faith right. in Jesus Christ and receiving his righteousness upon themselves. So they're no longer seen for the sin that we were born into that, that condemns us, but now we're seen according to the righteousness of God. That's right. The next step in Revelation 21 is the purpose of hell. As for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, this is Revelation 21.8, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, uh, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So we see that there is a clear purpose. The clear purpose is for those who at the point of death... When, and everybody dies, nobody gets out of this alive, but at the point of death, they are still in their sin. That's right. They are still in the place where this list of Revelation 21.8 just scratches the surface of sin. But it, it's basically saying, you know, the list could keep going, but let's stop here. Their portion. This is, this is the condemnation that they've chosen for themselves. This is the reward for the sin that, as you put it, you know, the roadsides were ignored, and they drove off the cliff. That's right. You know, and That's right. and it's it's a hard reality. Hell presents us with a hard reality uh, that that what I do here matters. That's right. But but here's here's where the grace is found, and we'll we'll conclude our show with this. But the grace is found is that there's also a heaven. But Amen. but go ahead, Pastor Steve. So so first of all, let let's say this. You know, um, hell was not something that God put in place for man. I think Scripture talks about that in Matthew um, chapter twenty five, verse forty one. Then he will say to those on his left, "Depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels." Mm. The preparation of hell was something that that was prepared according to Scripture for the devil and his angels, but man 
through his own choice, sends himself there. Okay, and and the question then, Keith, is is how does man send himself there? And and you had brought up Revelation 20, and I want to just highlight one of the things that you had said um, in Revelation 20, verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. But just up before that, he says um, that books were opened. He says, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And so what are these books? And many people have suggested, and I tend to lean in agreement, that that when the books are open and people are judged according to what they've done, that is a clear indication that the judgment is predicated upon their sinful work and not the forgiveness of the Lamb of God attributed to their life. And so I look at this as, as, as a portion of Scripture that indicates when a person crosses over from this life to the next, if they have not had Christ forgive them of their sin and they take that decision to the grave, as you said, their books will be opened and it will be everything recorded in their life that they have ever done in rebellion to heaven, in rebellion to, in rebellion to the throne of God. This, is, this highlights the grace of the cross because every thought I've ever done, every action I've ever done, just the mere fact that I was born into sin, all of that is recorded and God doesn't let any of it go unless I put it upon his son by accepting Christ by faith. So imagine the, 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 the horrific experience of those that find themselves before a great white throne when they're resurrected to judgment and everything they've ever done, Keith, is read. Everything is recorded, and they and they feel the entire weight of their sin levied upon their own shoulders, and God says, now pay for it yourself because you didn't allow my son to pay for it. That, that shakes my bones when I think about mm-hmm. that. And that really should cause us to, to tremble in, in, in holy fear that, that God— God is a God who keeps his word. Amen. Like God is a God who will not lie. Amen. And when he said to Adam and to Eve, in the day that you eat of this, you will surely die. And that that death entered the world through the first Adam, mm. as, as Paul would, would explain to it. It's because God keeps his word. Amen. Um, but God also keeps his word in giving us the message of grace, forgiveness, salvation, and new life through Jesus Christ. And and that's Amen. that's why the subject of hell is one that we have to talk about because the Bible talks about it. We have to accept its reality because God and Jesus Himself said it is real, but He also said that forgiveness is real. Amen. He also said that eternal life is real. Amen. He also said that that we do not have to be condemned any longer, and that is a fact. That is Amen. real. You know, Keith, we started this show. And I, I asked a second question, okay? Um, the, the first question that was asked by one of our listeners is, you know, how can, how can loving God, you know, send someone to hell? And the question I asked was, and I said we'd answer it, is the better question is, how can a holy and loving and gracious God know what I did yesterday and not kill me today? Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's what this amounts to. It takes the assumption 
of, 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 of evil and wrong off the character of God and it places it upon the agency by which on whom it should be placed and that's humanity. It, yes. it, it places it on us. And, and, and what, what hell does, and, and, and if you're a listener, hear me on this, hell highlights the grace of God. And now, now when you hear that, that, that might make you kind of cringe, like, what, what? What are you talking about, right? Because I want you to think about, about your reality outside of Christ. That, that, that is an inescapable reality. It is your future if you have not been forgiven of your sins. But hell highlights the grace of God because the cross is, is that focal point of grace. And, and the fact that Jesus would not accept the reality of being separated from a person for all eternity, volunteered, as Scripture said, and willingly came and laid down his life so that hell would not have to be the only option you have had and then places that into your lap and says if you will by faith accept this what the bible calls propitiation for your sin the satisfaction of god's judgment at the cross if you accept that then hell is no longer your reality so listen hell highlights the grace of god because it drives you yes through fear and we should be afraid but it drives you to the foot of the only one who can keep you from that place Wow, that that is powerful. It brings us back to the gospel. It brings us back to the primary reason that Jesus came was so that God could reach those of us that he created, that he loves. John 3.16, God so loved the world. His motivation for what he has done is because he really loves you and he really loves me. And as we are here together, as you are listening to this right now, hear this loud and clear that God loves you. He does not want anyone to go to hell. He does. That's, right. that's not his heart. It's not his desire that anyone should perish, but that everyone should have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And what stands between uh, you and I uh, entering into eternal life is putting our faith in Jesus Christ to deal with the issue of hell, to deal with the issue of paying for our sins so we don't have to. That's right. That's right. Uh, Keith, l- let me close our program by praying for those listeners that, that are in a place where, where this might be their reality outside of faith in Christ. Um, let's pray. Father, I want to lift up anyone who's listening to you right now who thinks of this often, God, who who God goes to bed at night wondering where their eternal position is with you. And Father, I pray right now that as they sit in their car or they're at their house or wherever they're at, that you would speak to their heart and let them know that God, you have sent your son so that this this absolute inescapable truth is not their eternal reality. And God, you would help them to turn their hearts to you. Jesus, they would confess their sins to you. And God, you would have mercy on them. Pull them in, Lord. Put them in a church and let them gain knowledge of the Most High. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And if you're listening, we would love to hear from you, uh, especially if you are desiring to respond in faith to Jesus Christ, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, You can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and you can connect with us there as well as listen to previous episodes. We'd also encourage you to get plugged into a local church. Mm. It is so important for us uh, to be in a place that honors God's word, that, that presents the gospel in a clear and simple way. 
and that truly is making disciples in, in a way that Jesus commanded us to. And so we'd encourage you to, to look for that, and if we can help you in any way, uh, then we want to. Again, it's, it's shoutsofgraceradio.com, and uh, we are very, uh, very thankful to have this opportunity to share uh, the good news of Jesus Christ and the gospel and God's love with you. Pastor Steve, that is all we have That's for awesome. this love time. It. God bless you guys. God bless you too. We look forward to being with you again next time on Shouts of Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.